Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover You podcast, where every week Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you're facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over a thousand homes per year. In today's episode, we're talking about what it takes to build a world-class operations team starting from the very first hire. Jeff is joined by our very own Director of Operations, Taylor Kerrigan. She's mastered several operations roles and knows how to create a powerful back-of-house that will grow your business and level up your customer experience. Now, let's hear from Jeff and Taylor. All right, welcome, 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 everybody. It is the final week of the winter webinar series. My name is Jeff Glover from Detroit, Michigan. I'm happy to be with you today. We'll get to Taylor Kerrigan in just a second. We've been doing a winter webinar series now, I guess, what is this, uh, week four. So this is the fourth and final week. We've got two sessions left, starting with today's session. And on Wednesday, we've got a really good one. I'm wrapping up the winter webinar series with seller lead generation strategy specifically for this year. There's been a lot of changes in the way we generate leads over the last few years. And I'll be sharing with you exactly what our seller lead generation strategy is for this year. And you'll want to join us for that one and everything we do, hopefully, because for those that don't know, Glover U is a, we jokingly call it a non-denominational coaching and training company, which means we're broker agnostic. We have clients from Coldwell Banker, from Keller Williams, from EXP, from Independence, um, you name it, Berkshire Hathaway, and we welcome everyone. So we appreciate you being with us. For those that are on for the first time, you're going to hear about Taylor's journey in just a second. But if you're not familiar, my name is Jeff Glover, been listing and selling real estate now for 20 years this May, believe it or not, 20 years in May. And I'm still on the ground with you. I'm still listing and selling between 75 and 100 homes per year personally. And our team is doing between 900 and 1,000. In fact, last year I had 87 sales. And our team sold 944 units for a total of 240 million in sales volume. Why do I share that with you? I share that with you not to brag, but to make you aware because there are so many options today, right? You have so many choices of people to listen to and people to follow. I mean, somebody sells seven homes and they put on their business card that they're a coach, extraordinaire, CEO, whatever, all these little titles. The reality is, is you're learning from people who are in the trenches, on the ground with you. And today is no exception, of course, with Taylor being on the ground in the trenches as it relates to operations. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. Uh, For those that aren't familiar, and I think by now most of you are, Taylor Kerrigan runs the operations behind the scenes of what's called Live Unreal Family of Companies. And for those that aren't aware, the Live Unreal Family of Companies encompasses eight or nine pretty successful organizations. Of course, that's self-proclaimed. So you can do your own, give us your own opinion on that. That includes um, brokerages. That includes real or large, the number one producing real estate team in the state of Michigan. That includes the fastest growing uh, training and coaching company on the planet. That includes a property management company. That includes a technology company. Uh, that includes a, a, a nonprofit foundation. I mean, there's there's a lot that we're working on behind the scenes. and. From an operations standpoint, Taylor is the head of it. Her technical title is Director of Operations of Live Unreal Family of Companies. And so what that means then at this point, Taylor is very hands-on and not just handling the operations behind the scenes, but she is working directly with the operations managers of each one of those entities, working with the operations people of each one of those entities. So 
Today's session is not just going to be about listings and sales and providing great service, which we're, of course, going to cover a lot of that and how we've done that, but also know that in terms of experience and, 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 and hiring and building operations team members, this is, this is the one to follow. This is the one to listen to. Now, when we go down to a little bit more of the granular stuff, which is being involved in sales and, and being involved in our real estate team, that is something that, that is essentially where Taylor cut her teeth. Uh, starting from a marketing assistant, working her way through every single role from listing manager to closing coordinator, having every single role in the company until she was the, the manager of the operations of just Jeff Glover and Associates Realtors, which at the time before she found her replacement in that was still selling between 900 and 1,000 homes per year. And so you're going to learn about who she's working closely with at JGA as well and how they're going to have an impact in 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 in. Um, in, in future programs and coaching and so forth. So Taylor, I know I've talked a lot uh, and I probably left a lot of details out. What What is it that we should know that I left out? So I'm always really big on sharing like my story as to how I started with you because I think it's really important to know that the position I have today was, you know, so Jeff, you may actually not know this. Um, this is my nine year anniversary with you today. As of today, yep. Um, yeah, it, it's this week. So nine years feels like 90 that I've been here and I know I will be here for the rest of my life. Um, but, you know, the the tasks and the responsibilities that I have within your, your family of companies have been through years of mastering every single position I had to the point to where I knew it front and back to there where I could then hire my replacement. And one of the, you know, and I'll talk a little bit about like what that background looks like. But I think it's always important to share that because a lot of times people want to go from, let's say, from point A to point B, but they don't want to have to do the work in between to get there. And that is one of the, the biggest misconceptions I think that people have when they're growing an organization. If you want to get to point B and you want to get to point B successfully, you need to master you know, whatever that task is that you're trying to delegate or leverage out. And so that's why I love to hear that there's 50% of the audience operations and 50% of the audience agents, because that tells me that the agents on this webinar want to master customer service and want to master operations. So that way they can effectively go and hire someone to take that leverage from their, them later. Um, you did a great job and you know I'll, I'll talk a little bit about my background, but one of the things when you first hired me was you were handling a lot of your customer service. And because you did for so long, you then were able to effectively train me to take that off of your plate so that way you could focus and do more. So um, I know Jeff mentioned it, but I uh, started with him nine years ago. I was actually hired in as a marketing assistant. Um, I did that for a couple months. And what we ended up finding out is that, yes, Jeff needed a marketing assistant, but the role that he needed more, he actually didn't know that he needed until we started to look deeper into the business. Um, I then that role is the executive assistant. So Jeff was selling about a hundred ish homes a year and he didn't have an executive assistant. Yes, we had a transaction coordinator that helped him kind of coordinate paperwork, but he didn't actually have someone who responsible, who was responsible for keeping him on schedule, keeping him on task, making sure you were in your highest, best use of your time and kind of, I guess, you know, managing you as a whole. And so I kind of fell into that position nine years ago, um, still maintain it to this day. And one of the things that really happened when you put me in that position is we started to take a deeper look at the customer experience that you were having. And essentially, and we'll talk about it during this webinar today, we went through this breakdown process where basically we, we changed the way that we did everything as far as customer service went. The year after we did that, 
you and I, what we sold 225 homes, I think 227 was the, our our best year. Mm -hmm. So one year after bringing on an executive assistant and giving that executive assistant the power to go through and recreate the client experience and recreate the backup house, so to say, doubled your business year over year. And so I, I always make it a point to share that. And obviously your business has continued to grow every year since then. My point is the people who are in this webinar today, if you actually implement some of the things that we talk about and some of the things that we talk about through Glover U coaching, you know, working at us at a deeper level, you will see a change in your business. And it is making sure, you know, I always um, use the example of you can't, if you build a house and the foundation isn't strong, how well is that house going to be 10 years from now, right? You're going to have consistent problems. You're not going to have you know, all the different things. And so my my biggest thing is everyone needs to take that step back and look at that foundation and see how they can fix things and fix it now. So that way you can effectively get to the next level. One of the things that, that you said that I want to make sure is heard loud and clear by everyone uh, on this session is one of the biggest mistakes. Well, you didn't say this, but this is, this is a mistake I made. Um, one of the biggest mistakes that agents make, including myself, is... They, they read a book or they talk to somebody in the office or they talk to whoever and they say, you need to get an assistant. You need an assistant. You need an assistant. And so what do they do? They hire someone to handle their paperwork, to help them with tasks, help me with my mailings, help me prepare for appointments and the biggest mistake. And so for those of you that are kind of in that role right now, all right, this is a huge lesson. Lesson. There's a big difference between a transaction coordinator or, or, a, or a, a marketing assistant or a listing manager than an executive assistant. The executive assistant manages the person. Okay. Watch this. The executive assistant manages the person. And then while the person, aka the producer, the salesperson is out in the field, they're out on appointments, they're out showing homes, whatever it is they're doing. The executive assistant is back at the office managing the business. But the mistake a lot of executive assistants make is they just manage the business and not the person. You have to start by managing the person. What I mean by that is the number one job of an executive assistant. And by the way, if your title is operations manager, what, what I don't care about the title is, but the, the job of numero uno, the very first person that reports to the salesperson, the number one job is to keep them on schedule and keep them on task. And so how do you do that? You do that by managing them, meaning you do this time, you do this at this time and report back to me your results. Actually, uh, it's almost like holding them accountable to doing what they said they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Don't make the mistake that I made, which was I had a listing coordinator and I had a closing coordinator. And it was just, you know, I checked my own voicemails, I checked my own emails, I did whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. And when I had business, which was still pretty regularly because I was doing 100 deals a year, when I had business, I tossed it over the fence. I tossed it over the fence versus letting someone manage me. There's a big difference there. And I hope you heard that. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, Jeff, you had a great business before having an executive assistant, but the numbers speak for itself, right? The moment that you made the commitment to having someone hold you accountable and have, you know, have someone, um, you know, protecting your time and keeping you on schedule and so forth. Look at you went from 100 to 225, you know, and yes, there's a lot that we did customer service wise and processes and so forth, but over and above all of that, it was making the commitment that you wanted the accountability and we're open to having it and allowing me, you know, to to do so. 
Now right. for my producers, for my producers or the team owner or the, the business owner or the brokerage owner or whatever, to my producers that are on here, once you've accepted the fact that your right-hand person is going to manage you, is going to hold you accountable, they're going to start responding to your emails in your own words. They're going to start responding and handling as many phone calls as possible. You'll never listen to another voicemail again. Once you start doing all of that with them, they become a duplicate of you. And then guess what? Once they have a certain level of experience, once they have a certain level of maturity, personal and business maturity, once they have a certain level of uh, business acumen, if you will, then they go from executive assistant to flip those two words, assistant executive. They now become an executive in your organization and you never have to hire an operations person again. I did it backwards. I did all the hiring. We need a listing manager. All right, let me go find one. We need a closing coordinator. Let me go find one. Oh, we need a marketing assistant. Oh, we need a runner. We need this person. We need that. that was all on me. Instead, you find someone that you can develop. You find someone that you can train. And they go from, they shift from, wow, they're a really good executive assistant to a brand new assistant executive. But they know your language so well. They know your style so well. They know the business so well that when when it makes time, when it when it it makes sense to bring in another person, they go find them, and you are completely removed from the operations of the business. You're removed from the hiring. You're removed from the firing. You're removed from the training. You are completely removed from that. It all falls on them. They go from executive assistant to assistant executive. Very important. Yeah. So um, if we look at, you know, when you made that decision to bring me on as the executive assistant, you gave me the authority to hold you accountable. And you also gave me the opportunity to take a look at, at our business and see where I thought there could be improvements. And so one of the first things that we did, and I want, you know, for those of you that are taking notes in your workbook, I want you to write down the words, um, break down to breakthrough. And so this is a process that we went through quite a few years ago. And honestly, we, you know, it's funny because Jeff, you and I talk about this. Now we're seeing this in the other businesses, right? So where I was just focused years ago on Jeff Goldberg Associates, now obviously, you know, I'm that assistant executive you talk about, and now I have to go and duplicate those same things that we did at GGA and the other businesses. And so, you know, you and I were just talking about the other day, this isn't something that just happens once in an organization. This is something that happens every couple of years as you continue to grow. And so the breakdown to breakthrough process is essentially looking at and I'll explain kind of how it looks for a real estate organization since that's our audience today. But it's looking at the entire customer service experience from start to finish and figuring out where your holes in the organization are. And so it's the responsibility, Andy, I see you asked the question and we'll talk you know, more about it throughout the rest of this webinar, but it's the responsibility of that operations person or if you don't have an operations person, guess what? It's the responsibility of yourself then to look at every single step of the process from a customer service standpoint and figure out how you can improve that. And so one of the best ways of doing this, if, um, if you start working with myself or one of our operations coaches, it's one of the first um, methods we take you through. And it's essentially, we called it, Jeff, back in the day, the whiteboard process. And you write down, you put a line, and for every line, that's a step, right? So let's just say photography. You know, you're taking professional pictures of the house. That's a step. Um, next step is sign in the yard. Next step is first showing, you know, all of these things, you're writing everything down from the time that the person calls in to the time that it closes and they get put in your database to be a client for life. You write down each of those steps and you draw a line, you know, you write the step, draw a line. 
And then the next step is to go and draw another line before that, and you put whatever that customer service touches. So for example, if you're looking at Jeff Govern Associates, when it's the photo appointment, you know we know, let's just say pictures are on Wednesday. On Tuesday, we're calling and confirming the appointment, and we're making sure that they had a, a chance to look at our photo tips that we emailed over to them. By doing that, we are prepping them for what to expect during that appointment, how we can make sure that the photos you know, are going to look absolutely the best, you know, let them know how long the appointment's going to be, introduce them to Jason and all of those things. This may sound silly. You know, you may say, okay, Taylor, cool. So you just want me to have a couple more communication points. It is the overall process from start to finish and all of those communication touch points that you give to your client that makes your experience just average, which is where you were, you know, eight years ago, Jeff, to now unreal because we are going over above and beyond and explaining with clients and communicating with them and letting them know where to expect. The number one thing that I always say, and you know, if, if you've been in a teaching of mine before, you've heard me say this, would you be concerned? You know, so my mom's having surgery today. And so I would be concerned if the surgeon that was completing her surgery didn't follow the same process every single time. If he skips a step, that's very concerning, right? That could end up not being a successful surgery. So why do we as real estate agents or operations people not follow the same steps in a real estate transaction 100% of the time? Why is not every single client, regardless of price point, buyer, seller, referral, not referral, not getting the same experience 100% of the time? And the answer is usually because it's not documented. And so that was one of the first things that we did with you. We went through and we actually broke down the client experience from start to finish decided where we needed to fill some couple holes, depending on, you know, where people were having complaints or where there was constant confusion and stuff like that. And then we filled those holes and we documented it. And then it now became a non-negotiable that this had to happen every single time with every single client. And when we did that, that's when our repeat and referral business started to increase because it was an experience that people were actually excited about and felt comfortable with because they they knew what was going to happen before it happened because we had the processes in place. Now I'll say this is where the breakdown part comes through. You know, it's not only taking a look at the business from start to finish and figuring out where your opportunities of improvement are. It's making sure you have the right people on the bus. And for us, you know, what seven years ago, um, it was realizing that the people we had you know, the transaction coordinator and the listing coordinator you mentioned, you know, I still talk to both today and are close friends with today. Were they the right people though for the organization for the future? And what I mean by that is when we documented this whole process and we decided, okay, this is what our customer service experience is going to look like now. They were not, I guess, best term is on board with the additional work that we were going to have to do to provide that higher level of customer service. And so I'll never forget the day that um, you, you called me into your office and you said, I, I need you to sit down. And so I sit down and you said, you know, did you see, um, you know, Beth and Nancy just, just walk out? And I said, yeah, you know, are they going to lunch? And he said, no, they put in their two weeks notice. They quit. And I remember you saying <laughs> uh, they quit because of you. So now you need to find a replacement. Now, obviously that's Jeff language. <laughs> there was a lot more than that. Were you going to try to put some snide joke in there or something? No, I mean, the, the reality is, is that they, they um, 
you were were outshining their performance and they they were from the past and listen at the end of the day when you make a decision to have a massive growth in your business people from the past or people from the from the original crew might not all get on board with that and so in yeah. this particular case they weren't on board with it and and it just so happened to to you know it was just easy for them to say you know taylor's got it all she's showing us up anyways Right. And it's, it, you know, that that's obviously we're joking, you know, a little bit when we say that, but it was Jeff and I use this language to, to this day when an organization is going through this breakdown to breakthrough process, the people within the organization are either going to step up or they're going to step aside. And by the way, we're okay with either one. You know, you may have someone in your organization who is a rock star, but maybe just isn't a rock star for that role anymore. We've, and we've transitioned them to something else. In this specific instance, these two people decided that they wanted to step aside. And that allowed us the opportunity to go out and, and find different talent that matched what it was that we were looking for in our organization. So um, during that time period, we were closing, I think it was about 400 homes a year. Yeah, I think it was like 430 or something. As a team. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, I was the transaction coordinator, listing coordinator, and executive assistant. And the and marketing we, assistant. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The one that I was and the photographer, a couple, couple of days, the photographer also. I do remember being our photographer. That was the one that I wasn't really good at, but. You got to so. learn all the roles. You got to learn all the roles. Right. So to that point, um, it, a lot, you know, uh, the, the point that I want to make sure everyone hears here is I did their position for nine months and learned it inside and out. So then that way I could go and effectively hire the right person for that position and the un- level of understanding that I have, even to this day, you know, Miranda's sitting right over here. She's our listing coordinator. I know that in the months of June and July, I'm not going to pile on as many projects as I would in maybe December, right? Because I've done her job and I know what it's like to be in her role every single day. And so one of the biggest things that I want to make sure everyone hears is I was able to effectively hire the right people now for these positions mm-hmm. because I understood what their job was. We had everything documented as far as yeah. our expectations. And I understood on a daily level what was expected of them to then I could go and hire, you know, the, the right fits for the role. There's a huge lesson in that. And that is, even if somebody comes to you qualified from another brokerage, another real estate team, you know, yo, I was a listing manager over at that team. And now I'm ready to be a closing coordinator. And you really need a closing coordinator. I would still encourage them to spend some time in the listing manager role. If you see potential in them becoming the leader of your operations team, you want them to very much understand every single role because they've done the job of every single role. Otherwise, guess what happens? When that person that they hire to do, let's just say photography, for instance, um, ends up quitting and, and they have no idea how, how, you know, what angles to take photos from or how many photos you need or any of that, when it falls back on them, because you always get the job back in your lap. If one of your team members quits, all right, that's a rule. You have to follow that. If somebody quits on you, you get their job back. It's your responsibility to make sure they don't quit. And if you think they're going to be quitting, it's also your responsibility to go hire other, go have other people in the wings ready to fill in that role. So therefore, if you're going to get somebody's job back, and you've never done the job, then you're going to be up, as they call up Shit's Creek without a paddle. And so in this particular, in this particular case, Taylor was forced to learn every single role and it made her life easier to recruit and, and go hire and train to those roles because she spent some time in them. Now, Taylor, one of the questions that I that was down in the chat, and I know we're going to cover this, is 
Uh, and I know a lot of people want to know, where do you find? And we'll get to the where do you find in just a minute. But how do we determine the duties or the job description? How do we determine, you know, I, I want to I hear your, your dollar sign activity, if you don't mind. Is it okay to shift gears to that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the only thing that I do want to say before we shift gears to that is you heard me say I did those positions for nine months. You know, there was no, we, we made the commitment that we were not going to hire their replacements out of pain, right? That could have been a very easy, probably could have went and found someone in a two-week period and replaced both of those positions. Instead, we made that commitment to take that step back, again, breaking down so that way we can really understand the role and understand the right person who needs to be in that role and then be able to find them. So uh, uh, it's very common that people, you know, set their hair on fire and will just go hire the right person or who they believe is going to be the right person. But until you actually really know what those responsibilities are and what that person looks like, you can't effectively do that. Yep. So, right, so let's shift gears to that. Let's talk about yeah. how do we know what they do? Yeah. And again, yeah. regardless so, of, go ahead. So what I was going to say is normally one of the, the number one things when an agent comes to us and says, you know, Hey Taylor, I want to, I want to work with you on coaching. You know, I think it's time that I hire an assistant you know, what's next? My number one question, and honestly, anyone who gets involved with us in operations coaching, this is something that is required of you to do. I do it personally every six months is the dollar sign activity. And so essentially what the dollar sign activity is, is I ask you for a two week period to write down every single thing that you do on a daily basis. You know, you send out a thank you card, you send out a Zillow review, you know, go on a listing appointment, you know, you, you send a database mailer, whatever it is, everything that you do on every single day for two weeks until the things start to repeat over and over again, that's when you know that you're done. You go through and you write down all of these things. As soon as that's accomplished, and like I said, it normally takes about two weeks to get everything done. We go through and we apply dollar signs to each activity. So it's either a $1 sign, a $2 sign, or a $3 sign. A $1 sign activity is your lowest return on investment activity. So let's just say that's maybe, you know, sending the thank you card, right? It does it help your business? Yes. But is it as return on investment as let's just say going on a listing appointment? That's a $3 sign activity. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you go through and once you have everything written on the list, you go through and you start to apply all of these dollar signs. Once you have completed that and all of these dollar signs are now attributed to each task, at that point, you can go through and see how many of your activities you are, or how much of your time you are spending on your lowest income producing activities. And I promise you, whether you are an operations person on this call or you are a singular agent, every person believes that they are busy. And the downside is you're usually busy doing the wrong things. And so what, why people don't do this activity enough, because if they did, they would see that if you just take all of those one and $2 sign activities, there's your job description for your next hire. Yeah. You know, whatever those tasks are, and Jeff, I know that you would say this now to this day, you're, you, because we do this activity very often with you. And because I do this activity, you are spending all of your time in your $3 sign activities. Very rarely do you jump to a two. And I don't think it's it's been years since you've done a $1 sign activity. Hey, I was just vacuuming the office last week. What are you talking oh, about? Right. That was, see, that actually, if you remember, do you remember I said, I'm sorry, that's not a good use of my time? Yeah, correct. <laughs> you, delegated, you delegated that to me. No, that was yeah. my therapy. <laughs> Taylor, what I love about this activity is that not only does it answer the question of, all right, how do I create a job description? What should they do, right? So you use the $1, $2, $3. As a producer, everything that has a $1 or a $2 sign 
next to it, that gets delegated. You only spend time in the $3 sign, the prospecting, the lead follow-up, the negotiating, the, the presentation, the buyer consultations, right? But what I also love about this activity is you do this when it's time to grow your operations team, meaning uh, you know, your assistant, or again, if you're an assistant on, on today's session, you go to your producer and say, hey, we're so overwhelmed, we need some help. Well, guess what? If I'm an executive assistant or if I'm a listing manager, closing coordinator, whatever I am, now you do this activity for yourself and you put a $3 sign next to everything that you know definitely moves the business forward and you put a $2 sign next to everything that moves the business forward but also isn't super urgent and you put a $1 sign next to the things that are just kind of necessary but somebody else could do them. And now you're creating the job description for assistant number two, the job description for the next person you bring on. And so yeah. you recommend, obviously, not just producers do this, Taylor, but you're re recommending operations team members do this as well. And every what I heard you months. say there is we do this every six months. Why do we do it every six months? Because for two reasons. One, job descriptions change throughout the year, right? What I'm doing today is not what I was doing six months ago. And because people's efficiency level increases. So one of the things that I will always say is the more like, say you hire an executive assistant tomorrow, they're obviously not going to be as efficient in their role as they're going to be six months down the road or down the road. And so by redoing this activity over and over again, you can see how much they can do in an average work week. And so one of the questions I always get is, okay, Taylor, you know, you must not have a life. You, you know, you, you're overseeing 13 of Jeff's businesses. You know, you're, I, I still help you sell hundred homes a year. You know, all of these things are, are happening. How, how can you effectively do them all on a daily basis? And it's because I am so freaking intentional with my time and fanatical that I'm always spending my time in my $3 sign activities that I'm able to continually hit the goals that you set for me and take on different responsibilities and grow in my role because I'm very well aware of where my best use is. And then I'm also very well aware that those tasks still have to get done, which means I have to go and find someone to leverage to help me with the other one in $2 sign activities. And it's the same thing that you did with me. Someone asked the question, what's the example of a $2 sign activity? That would be like creating a database mailing. You know, actually sending it out is a $1 sign activity. You know, wow. anyone can put stamps yep. on it, but actually like creating it is a $2 yes. sign. And so I want everyone to also know you don't necessarily have to go and hire an executive assistant. You know, it could be a leverage point of maybe now you hire a virtual assistant to help create the marketing piece. You know, you go to Fiverr and, and you offboard that instead of creating yeah. it yourself. Whatever yeah. the case is, there's different ways that you can become more intentional with this time. Yep. Yeah. Now you made the mention of virtual assistants and I know you know how I feel and I think it's worth sharing here. Um, we are not I can see some of my coaching clients are on, so they probably already know <laughs> what yeah. my opinion is. But yeah, we're not fans and don't get mad for you first timers, because I know you might have heard the complete opposite. We are not a fan of you building an operations team with virtual assistants. All right. And the reason for that is a couple fold. Now, by the way, disclaimer, virtual assistants are great for data entry. They're great for kind of one off projects. Uh, they're great for you know, a, a mundane task every single day that can be done electronically. I, I don't will want use a virtual assistant for data entry. So entry. I, I will, you know, go on the record and say, and Rebecca, I see you're on. We just had this conversation during our coaching call last week. I am completely okay with having a virtual assistant for 
a data entry. But if they are communicating with clients, it's a hard no for me. And I know that you have something to say, Jeff, but I just want to tell everyone the reason why I'm against having a virtual building a team of virtual assistants instead of bringing them in-house. You, as the owner of your organization, need to not only create clients for life, but you need to create an operations team for life. So if you look at our current operations team, every person who is on our operations team, which I'm going to you know, knock on wood after we had the change in roles a couple, you know, the six years ago or whatever, I've hired the right people since then. And I have always promoted with them. And we're going to talk about Taylor Cornfield later at the end of this call. But Taylor is a prime example. She started as a client care associate with us. She learned all of the positions. She proved herself in the role. I developed her throughout the years, and now she replaced me as the director of operations at Jeff Gorman Associates. Miranda started as an executive assistant, worked with us at Glover U. She's our listing coordinator right now. You know, I, Rebecca started as a client care associate. Now she's an executive assistant to one of our agents. Every single person on this operations team has realized that there is a growth path for them within our organization because they've mastered their roles and they showed us dedication to the position. And so it's very hard to create that same level of culture with virtual assistants when someone's not there every single day to where I can't develop them to the same degree as I can Miranda, who's sitting one desk over from me. And I will tell you, your level of customer service is directly related to the, I'd actually say your level of customer service and the level of success in your organization is directly related to the people who work in it and the belief that they have in your vision. And it is extremely difficult to make that happen with virtual assistants. And so I will say until I, I'm you know, on my deathbed that I will always hire people that I can personally develop every single day. And yep. to a certain degree you can with a virtual assistant, it's just yep. never going to be as successful if they're sitting next to me. Yeah, a good, a good rule of thumb. And I know it sounds whatever, but um, if you want to have a massive business or you want to have multiple businesses or multiple streams of income, you're not going to do it with virtual assistants. You have to develop people from within. There has to be a certain level of face-to-face management, face-to-face leadership. As Taylor said, they have to buy into your vision above all. And that's extremely difficult to do with the virtual assistant relationship. So you're never going to hear us say, don't use virtual assistants. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is you will have a tough time building multiple businesses, tough time building a massive brokerage or a massive team utilizing virtual assistants at a high level. So that's our opinion on that. I know there's some questions in the chat about the dollar sign list. I know in your operations program, you actually go through each and every single one of these. So we don't have time to do that in today's session, but you gave us enough examples. And I just kind of want to reiterate, just think about, you know, if it's got $1 sign, think about um, a dollar per hour, right? So let's just say you take a dollar per hour of 15 an hour, 25 an hour and 50 an hour, 15, 25 and 50. When you're looking at the dollar signs next to those activities, for instance, let's just say placing a lockbox. Would you pay, are you more likely to pay someone 15 an hour, $25 an hour or $50 an hour to place a lockbox? Probably 15, so it gets $1 sign, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, How about writing a, as, as Taylor suggested, writing a letter for the database? Take some creativity, take some knowledge. Would you pay someone 15 an hour? Probably not. 25. Okay. Yeah. That's probably someone, you know, out of college and, and certain background experience and maybe writing, you know, doing some copywriting or 50. They've got a ton of experience in writing letters, probably 50, maybe 25. So you might do a $2 sign or a $3 sign next to that one. So that's a good way to look at it. Just use a 15, 
50, 15, 25, and 50. Go ahead, Taylor. I also just want to make sure that everyone knows the reason why it's important for any person to force themselves to go through this activity is it's so easy. And I, I take personal, you know, I, I've done this. I always think, man, it's just so much quicker if I just do it myself. But when you have enough of those tasks that you say, man, it's just quicker if I do it myself, what are you losing or what are you risking in your business because you've just done everything yourself? And I, I know that, you know, for a lot of our agents who are on this call, I'm not telling you, okay, by the time we hang up, you need to go get your job posting out for an executive assistant, but you do need to make sure that you are truthfully efficient with your time and be okay with knowing that every person has more room to become more efficient and become better and grow in the role. Yep. Now, Jeff, if Question, so, Taylor. I kind of, yes. Uh, before, before you get to what I know, a lot of people um, are wondering, you know, in terms of job descriptions, duties, and so forth. One of the things I wrote down is you have to understand, and, and I had a tough time with this one for a long time. Your customer service is a lead generation tool. Customer service is a lead generation tool. So can you just take like 90 seconds or less and explain the daily worksheet that we worked off of every single day? Because I know a lot of people are on here on the administrative side and they're wondering, how do I provide more value to my agent? And I know some salespeople are on here wondering, what else could I have my executive assistant do so I can be more productive? I yeah, honestly <laughs> think the one-page worksheet is one of the best things we ever did. And also it's something we implemented when I went from you know 100 to 150 to 200 plus transactions myself. Yeah, so I'm actually going to answer that in two ways. Um, so I'll touch very briefly on the, the daily worksheet, but there's something that's more important, in my opinion, that the executive assistant can do to grow the business and, and have it become their responsibility. So the worksheet that Jeff's mentioning, it was just a front and back page, and it had five different categories. Um, and I'll tell you what the five are. So category number one was um, like upset client. And when I say upset, it's not necessarily upset with us. It just means like they need a call right away, whether something's wavering, you know, in their business or whatever, or in their transaction, you know, it's someone that you need to be calling right away. So first was upset client. Number two were new leads. So like if a seller lead called in or a buyer lead called in that he needed to follow up with, that was number two. Number three was lead follow-up. So this was one where you went on the appointment, let's say two weeks ago, and you need to follow up with them today. I would bring that sheet to our meeting. Um, which by the way, one of the, so Sean Condra is an agent on, on our team and he just hired an executive assistant. We helped him with that. Um, the number one rule when he asked me, Taylor, if I'm going to have a successful relationship with my executive assistant, what's the one thing I need to do? The answer was you meet every single day at the same time. You remember ours was from, you know, nine to nine 30 after you got an hour of prospecting in. We would sit down from 9 to 9.30, the door would be shut, and we would have zero interruptions for 30 minutes while we went through this worksheet, okay? And then that way, I also shared with you what I was working on for the day. Even when we were in the chaos of, you know, 400 deals and, you know, it being myself, we still went through that meeting every single day. Yep. So back to the worksheet, number one, upset clients. Number two, um, new leads. Number three, lead follow-up. Number four, Remember, this market was very different four or five years ago. Uh, price reductions. Yep. Um, number five were offers to present. Well, pr price reductions and seller communication. So sometimes, put it this way, in the past market, every time I had a conversation with a current seller, it needed to be about a price reduction. Today, it just might be seller communication about what you're doing to sell the home. So price reduction slash seller communication. And then what was the fifth? Offers to present. 
Notice that offers to present is purposely the last one because in nine times out of 10, that offer is not going somewhere, but that, you know, uh, seller lead is, you know, I don't ever, ever understand why an agent drops what they're doing to present an offer. You know, yeah. there, there is, and if you join us in operations coaching, I actually show you guys what my time block looks like and how I only do client communication for 60 to 90 minutes a day. And the rest yep. of my day is spent in what I'm now going to shift gears about, which is the core three. So that was the worksheet. I'll just repeat it again really quick. Number one, um, upset clients. Upset ur urgent. slash urgent. I, I like urgent, urgent also. Urgent. Yeah, upset slash urgent. Number two um, was new leads. Number three was uh, lead follow-up. Number four were price reduction slash seller communication. It should really be client communication, obviously buyers too. And then number five were offers to present or offers to write. Okay. Offers to present, offers to write, number so five. Now, one of the, the, Jeff, to answer your question of like, what? okay, what's the job description of an EA? Okay, well, first we just went through the dollar sign activity. It's all of the one and $2 sign stuff. Mm -hmm. But one of the best things you ever taught me, and I remember it was in like the first month that I started working for you. You told me that I was going to be responsible for three things on a weekly basis. And you may not know this or not, but throughout the last nine years, it's still my standard every single week to hold myself accountable to these three things. It's just in different businesses now. Mm -hmm. And so, and honestly, if you don't have an executive assistant and you're a singular agent on this call, again, if you don't have someone to leverage to, guess what? These are your responsibilities. So if you're not doing this on a weekly basis, then, you know, we need to take a hard look at your business and figure out where we need to change some things to give you this opportunity to focus on these three. And any of my coaching clients on this call know that every week when we talk, I ask you, what were your three last week? Number one is how can I implement a new form of lead generation this week? And so lead generation doesn't have to be going out and buying Zillow leads. You know, it could be implementing the five-star program. It could be, you know, fixing how your profile looks online. It could be, you know, changing what the mailer looks like that you send out. Like none of these things have to be big responsibilities on a weekly basis. Okay. So number one, my responsibility every single week was to implement a new or improve a current lead generation form. Number two is um, how can I improve the experience for our clients this week? So maybe it was implementing another process or implementing one of the touch points or changing one of the touch points, whatever it was, every week I had to do something that improved the experience for our clients. And then number three, because we did have a real estate team, the number, the third was how can I improve the life of our agents? And so I will tell you, if you do this on a weekly basis, you know, and maybe you need to replace the third one with something else for yourself if you're a single agent, but if you're doing this on a weekly basis, it is impossible for your business to not grow because I'm a good third, a good third one, Taylor would be, uh, meaning if, if you're not leading the operations team or leading a brokerage, it would be, how do I add value to my database? Yep. Right. How do I add value to my database? Yeah. So if you're doing that on a weekly basis, there is, it is absolutely impossible for your organization to not grow because you are constantly improving it and you're breaking it down. The, the challenge that a lot of people do is they feel like they need to, um, you know, uh, make these big changes. And it's not necessarily big changes that are going to grow your business. It's small incremental growth throughout the year that's going to force you to become better and it's going to force your organization to become better. And I still do it to this day. I just do it with a different company or, you know, I, and now like you, you said the, in the beginning, 
My responsibility is to coach each of the directors of operations in each of those businesses. Guess what our one-on-one is? I'm asking these three questions. And as long as they're doing that and I'm holding them accountable to that, then they are going to grow within that organization, which means I did my job. Yep. So Taylor, we're getting some questions in the chat and some on, on overall um, of, okay, so I hire a new executive assistant. Can I put them through your program? So can we shift gears a little bit on page 15 in your workbook? You're doing something a little unique this time. Cause I know before when we launched this program, um, you know, or the last time we ran it, you taught it yourself. And that was because uh, our director of operations was on maternity leave. Well, now she's back and you guys are co-teaching it. So can you tell us, um, first of all, for those that don't know who Taylor Cornfield is, can you make sure everyone knows who that is and yeah. what it's going to be like learning from both you guys? Taylor Cornfield sitting over there. I don't know if you can see her. <laughs> um, so Taylor is our director of operations for Jeff Glover and Associates. So when I hired Taylor, um, I actually almost didn't hire her because she had the same name as me. However, it ended up being the absolute best hire I've ever made. Taylor started as a uh, client care associate with us and same as me, you know, grew throughout um, her position and her time with us and eventually earned the title of director of operations. And so now I work with her. I mean, there's a reason why she sits right next to me. We work together all day, every day on improving our organization at Jeff Lauren Associates. And so- Hey, by the way, Taylor, when you when you turned your laptop, I think you turned the music on. I can hear the oh, music background a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. So everyone's probably wondering like, oh, cool. We get some music to go along with this. Great. <laughs> yes. It's part of, it's part of the, the presentation. Um, so there's no one better, you know, to teach this with. And, and part of that reason is, is so both of all of these calls are going to be taught by Taylor and I, so you're going to hear my real life examples of how I implemented this stuff in your business. And you're going to hear Taylor's examples of, okay, here's what it looks like today. Here's what it looks like, like then when we were at, you know, in a smaller organization, here's what it looks like today at a large organization. And so I want to make sure it's very clear that this operations mastery course is for singular agents, as well as people who are on teams or someone like you asked the question of, I have to go hire an executive assistant. Can I have them take this course? My answer to who is this class for, it is for anyone who thinks they need to improve their customer experience, which by the way, is everyone, because yeah. everyone has an opportunity to grow. We go through you know, the, the lead generation process and how to make sure that we're communicating correctly with buyer and seller leads. We go through how to hire an executive assistant. We go through how to hold an executive assistant accountable. We go through how to improve that whole breakdown to breakthrough process. I actually do it with you. And I show you how we can break down your business to fill those gaps to improve your customer experience. We create a five-star program, which is for client reviews, which is lead generation. Um, yes. Taylor and I share everything we do for client events. Yep. The, you, you have to get your mind wrapped around this idea. And it, I struggled with it for a long time. You have to get your mind wrapped around the idea that the customer experience can be a lead generation tool. I just thought it was like kind of necessary. Well, yeah, I have to give good service so they don't say anything bad about me. You know, I have to give good service. So, you know, they're going to refer me later. But man, there are so many different pieces that you can put into place that makes it like an automatic process. The five-star review program is one of them. When we look and see the amount of come list me's that we have because of our reviews, because of this program that automatically is working in the background to get us more reviews. I mean, it's it's you really have to understand that your customer experience is a lead generation tool. It's not either or, they're combined. It's sales plus the operations experience. So Taylor, this is 16 sessions, 45 minutes, live Q&A, all of this. Go ahead, I'm sorry. 
Yeah. The only other thing that I was going to say is I want you guys to know during this session, and I know some of you who are on this call have taken this class previously. I am a huge open book. I am sharing with you the exact email templates I use for Jeff's clients today, how I communicate with them, how I keep track of everyone, you know, how we are providing customer experience. We give you all of our what happens next books and how, you know, we effectively provide that level of customer experience. And one of the really cool things is with all of our group coaching platforms and this one specifically, you're put in a Facebook group with me. So like when you join this group, you're going to see people are asking, hey, Taylor, I, I made this database mailer. What do you think? Can you help? You know, and between Taylor Cornfield and I, we are both going back and forth and saying, okay, here, I would change this here. Let's implement this. So if you, I, I really want to make sure that I'm making it clear that if anyone believes in 2022, this, that you have an opportunity of improvement to improve your level of customer experience, this is it. And yeah. everything that we teach you in these 16 weeks are things that you can implement on, you know, within that next week or the next couple of weeks to help see a difference in your business. What I love about you and Taylor, the other Taylor teaching it simultaneously this time around is she's in the trenches of our real estate business, right? She's in the trenches of Jeff Glover and Associates when it relates to uh, listings and sales and reviews and, and our agent experiences. Because by the way, just as much as you think about customer experience being the clients, the buyers and sellers, it's customer experience being your agents. That becomes a recruiting and a retention tool. And I know you guys spent a lot of time talking about how that became our recruiting and retention tool. But what I was saying is, you have the best of both worlds, right? You have someone that's in the trenches with our sales business and you have someone that's in the trenches managing the leaders of the operations of the other. So um, that, that part's going to be pretty cool. And I know it's the first time you guys are doing that. Yeah. And it's good. You don't have to learn two coaches' names. You know, it, it makes go. it easy. <laughs> Two tailors awesome. for, for the same so price. So if, if you're interested, you text the word operations to that same phone number, 55 Four, four, four. You'll get all the details. If you're on the operations team currently and you're on this session, go back to your leader, go back to your sales manager, go back to the producer, go back to the broker owner, whoever, and say, hey, check this out. I think there's a lot of value for me or the next person that we hire. And the reality is, is whether you're a salesperson leading a team or not, there is, I, I couldn't believe how many solo producers were on your last session, Taylor. And that tells me that people really understand that if they have customer experience processes in place, it makes their life easier and they get more business from it. They really truly have understood that the customer experience is a lead generation tool. So it's not yeah. just, hey, you hire a new assistant, put them through this program. No, it, it's, it's quite honestly for anyone looking to improve their customer experience because watch this. You know, if you you might not want to say, well, I don't want to spend this money, which, by the way, it's only three ninety nine a month for four months. I don't want to spend this money every time I have to hire someone. Cool. Take it yourself. Master get it. the book, get the manual, get the training and you never have to hire us again. You can then hire your right hand person and you can teach them everything. And then they go train the other people, which, of course, is the model. The, the only other thing that I want to add, Jeff, and just because I see a couple of people asking it in the chat. The reason why this course is for either or, meaning a director of operations or a singular agent, is in every example that I give, I'll say, okay, now if you're a singular agent, here's how this looks. If you're an operations member and you have 10 agents on your team, here's how you do this at a higher level. So within, And I really want to make sure I'm clear in saying the stuff that you learn in this class are actionable things that you can implement immediately in your business to see an increase in your customer experience, which will ultimately give you an increase in your sales. And so I, I want to make sure everyone knows, <laughs> yes, am I an executive assistant and am I an operations person? Absolutely. 
but I've also helped you with your sales business for the last nine years and have sold thousands of homes with you. Yeah. So it's very easy for us to put both of those hats on and yeah. show you what it looks like in either model. And this is the course that if, you know, I know we've had many different clients take it. They will say that this is the foundational course that you need to take if you actually want to have your business grow stronger year over year. You got to do that breakdown process first and maybe take that step back and take this course to realize where you have holes in your operation so that way you can truthfully become better. And last thing I'll say about it, and I was even surprised by this because, you know, when when you're doing this course, um, I, I, I'm usually in the office or somewhere around and I'll, I'll kind of hear out of one ear or I'll go walking by as you're presenting something. And I'm thinking to myself, man, you don't hold back. You guys share literally everything. And that's the thing. A lot of times people say, all right, we're probably getting the watered down version. No, it, you, you share everything we're doing behind the scenes, which I think is really cool because that would that's be a lot of our mistakes. You know, I'll say, okay, Hey, we tried it this way and it was a complete flop mm-hmm. and here's why you know, and here's why I wouldn't do it again. And so just like we talked about virtual assistants earlier, we will be very clear with you in saying, you know, hey, we've tried it. Here's what happened for us. And here's how I would do it differently in the future. So I appreciate you saying that because it is so important to me to have that level of transparency in a coaching relationship where we're not, you know, we're we're truthfully sharing with you how we're doing it today, not how we did it 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, and I'll probably get in trouble for saying this because I see the comment from Jessica in the chat, by the way, thank you. That's a great compliment to you, Taylor, if you didn't get a chance to read it. But what a lot of people don't know is Taylor created the operations coaching for one of the largest coaching and training companies that's out there today. She created it. She wrote the manual for it. Now, of course, it's probably being taught differently. Those things that she wrote five, six years ago don't even apply anymore. So hopefully they're not still teaching those tactics. But the reality is you have the gurus between Taylor. Kerrigan and Taylor Cornfield, you have the people that are doing it at such a high level. So kudos to you for that. And thank you everyone for being on. Again, just text the word operations to 55444, or you can email us. At the, end of month, the end of this month, February 28th. Oh, is when oh it starts at the end. Yeah, somebody asked. It starts at the end That's of the month. So yeah. March 1st, Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. So it starts on March 1st. March 1st. All right. Starts on March 1st. And um, we know you're going to get a ton of value from it. So thank you for joining us today. One more webinar remains Wednesday, 2022 seller lead generation strategies. I can't wait to finish with that one. Thanks for joining us, everybody. See you guys. Thank you for taking your time to join Jeff and Taylor today on the Live Unreal with Glover You podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.